Hey you, welcome to Her Defined, the podcast dedicated to the woman who's still trying to figure it all out when it comes to her career. I'm your host, Juliana, who has just as ambitious career goals as you do. So let's achieve ours together. Join me each week for a conversation with a compelling businesswoman or entrepreneur. Keep listening as I'm sure her advice and insight will assist you in defining your own means of success. Hey everyone, welcome back to Her Defined. I hope you enjoy that little switch up of my intro. I shortened it down quite a bit because we definitely don't need to hear me talking for more than 40 seconds every single week. Let's focus on the guests, am I right? (laughs) So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. Market Gallery is an online gallery dedicated to works by female artists. It was founded in Toronto, Canada by Nuria Madrinas in 2019. As an artist herself, Nuria recognized a gap in the market to provide female artists with a dedicated resource to sell their work and achieve discoverability. Nuria is devoted to celebrating female creatives in a way that is approachable for the emerging art collector. Market's mission is to merge creativity and commerce and passion with profit to stimulate an appreciation for female-made art. So how does it work? 50% of profits go directly towards the artist, providing them with an additional revenue stream while they gain exposure to new clients. Nuria also specializes in marketing and communication, having worked with brands such as Holt Renfrew, NARS, and Celine. Nuria aims to apply her expertise in communications to amplify Market's mission and enhance the reach of female artists globally. In this episode, Nuria elaborates on why only 2% of all art sold is female-made and what we can do to change that. She gives her tips on how creatives should properly price their work. And finally, she advises you on how to gain exposure. Thanks so much for joining me today, Nuria. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. My day's going well. Yeah, it's uh was expecting rain today and happy to see the sun's come out. So it's going well so far. You're in Toronto, right? I am, yes. Yeah, this weather here in London has been really weird. Like it will say it's gonna be rainy and really crappy out, but mm-hmm. then it's like beautiful, like it's super sunny here. So that's nice, but it's yeah. very unpredictable. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, not complaining about the sun, that's for sure. So let's start off by, can you introduce yourself and explain how Market Gallery came to be? So my name is Nuria. I'm the founder of Market Gallery. And Market really transpired from the overwhelming misrepresentation of female artists within the art industry. They account for a mere 2% of the art that's sold worldwide. And as an artist myself, when I heard this statistic, it really resonated with me and the idea of being able to bring something to life that would give they would provide these resources for female artists to hopefully get their work sold and at a at a comparable price point to that of you know their male equivalents was something that I thought was really important and it kind of transpired very organically given that I formerly worked in marketing and communications and I had cultivated these relationships with female artists, whether it was working with them to do live illustration at events or for them to illustrate different campaigns and all of these different projects that we had been working on together. So I had created a a strong network of local artists and those ended up being my initial artists that I launched market with. 
And since then, we've grown to around 50 artists now, and they come not only locally, but globally as well. That's awesome. Congrats on that. It's so nice to see that you expanded so much in such a short time as well. Yeah, I'm really, really great to see how people have been so receptive to the concept, both artists looking to get involved and then also uh, customers and clients. Definitely. So you mentioned that work by female artists accounts for a mere 2% of all art sold. When did you recognize this gap and what are the contributing factors to this? And also how can we go about improving this metric? So I think there's a few steps that that I think need to be taken. I'll, I'll, I'll go back to when I had initially recognized this discrepancy. And this was back in earlier 2019, when I had read this statistic and other statistics that had only reinforced the fact that female art is, is sold on such a, a smaller scale than male-made art. I think the reason that this is largely has to do with just historic significance. And, you know, a lot of the like acclaimed artists that we may look at from the past 100 years tend to be men, just given the way that the industry was structured in the past. Obviously, now they say around 87% of art school graduates are actually women. And yet there's this statistic that only 2% of the art sold is by women. And so how can that be? So ultimately, I, I don't think that women have the all of the resources available to them to be able to amplify their work and uh, increase their reach ultimately. I also think it has to do with calling on these big organizations, whether it be museums or esteemed galleries, and asking them to commit 50% of their wall space to female-made art. There's only so much that I can do as a small online gallery. And of course, I can exclusively dedicate it to female-identifying artists. But at the end of the day, there are so many galleries across the world that need to make this commitment themselves. Wow, that's so interesting. I had no idea that a lot of art students are primarily women, but yet there's such a gap in the art that's actually sold. Yeah, it's it's really, it, it's fascinating, but it's also definitely disheartening. If you're a female artist, it can it can be easy to get discouraged in that sense. So I think that that's our mission of, of wanting to celebrate female creatives really allows them to create a community for themselves that makes them feel a little bit more supported. Right. And would you say that this community is one of the resources that Market offers? How does Market provide artists with the resources to access an engaged audience? So definitely through the community and being able to connect with other artists and clients ultimately to sell their work. I also think that in a pre-COVID world, we were doing a lot of pop-ups to increase the visibility of these artists throughout the community. So we had done a pop-up at Hudson's Bay. We had done a pop-up with another female-led brand here in the city called The Brand is Female. So that really allowed us to reach people through a different channel, being in person. And I think that it really allowed us to not only increase the discoverability of market, but of each individual artist that was featured at that time. And then beyond that, we 
we aim to do a lot of marketing and PR, given that that is my background. That's a big priority for me to make sure that we're getting these artists the the press that they so well deserve, make sure that we're seeding influencers and other tastemakers in the city so that we can inherit larger audiences and reach those larger, larger followings. But not only that, I think it's also just everything that we put into the the website to ultimately make it the most, whether it be optimizing like search engine optimization or creating something that it definitely visually resonates with our customer that from an aesthetic standpoint, they feel as though it reflects their own, whether interior design style or, or taste in art. And our customers are primarily female at the end of the day. So I think that they really appreciate the concept and that's what's, what really allows us to capture a consumer that ultimately becomes a very dedicated customer and a very loyal customer, which I think is very important. What's the best part of being able to work with and feature countless women and their works of art? I think the best part would be seeing all of the amazing creativity that comes to light. A lot of artists, you know, they're they're constantly creating, especially in this sort of creator economy that we're living in today. They really dedicate a lot of time to being able to produce and create more work. So it's amazing to see what comes out of that. And also, again, going back to creating a community for these artists and for these women who have an appreciation for art. I think that Market Service is a great hub for people to explore new artists as well as purchase art for their home. And it's kind of this never-ending cycle of new work being created and, and people wanting to engage with that work. Can you speak more on how Market works with local charitable organizations and why this is also so important to you? Yes. So I think given the concept of the brand, wanting to celebrate women and wanting to really focus on where women need that additional support, I think it was important for us to partner with like-minded charitable organizations that could allow us to give back in a greater way. And oftentimes to underserved communities that may that may need it more. So Black Women in Motion was an organization that we partnered with last summer. We've also partnered with the COVID Women's Initiative, which was really, I think, these causes that were so integral, not only at the time, but continue to be. And we're constantly on looking for other organizations to align ourselves with. And yeah, I think it's just another way to to give back to our community and connect with with those people that need, you know, additional resources and and support. You touched on this a little bit recently about how you've used your marketing and communication background in market. And since you specialize in marketing and communications for brands like Holt Renfrew or NARS and Celine, can you touch on something that you learned from each of those companies? I really do feel like I've learned so much from each of those companies. It was, you know, such great experience to be able to have a hand in in their marketing and communications and in some really fun projects that we had worked on together. I think that ultimately what one of the biggest things that I learned just overall was really to 
hit customers and hit guests and clients through a multi-channel approach. So it's not just your digital presence that's going to be able to wow a customer, but it's also what you do in person when of course that's allowed in a in a post-pandemic world. It's what's it's what you do in person. It's and it's as we talk about digital, it's not just what you do on social, but it's also what you do with other digital media and press opportunities. It's what you do with influencers. It's how you encourage word of mouth. It's email marketing. It's all of these things that really allow you to build up your brand and ensure that the customer journey is on point at every touch point, right? So we don't just want people to see our social and then be directed to our website and have a poor experience. It really has to be a seamless execution across the board. So that's something that I think I learned from my previous experience and continues to be something that I apply today. So being in the creative industry and and the art world, I'm sure you have a lot of people that are inspiring to you or people that you look up to or anyone that you just look to for influence. If you could invite anyone to dinner, dead or alive, who would that be and why? Such a hard question. And I actually received, I I take these vitamins. I don't know if you've heard them care of. And every day you have like a little personalized package with your name on it. And then it also has either a thought provoking question or an inspirational quote. And that was one of the questions the other day. And it was so hard because I usually will ask that question, but I'll ask people to provide five people, which I feel like is so much easier. It's like so hard to pick that one person. I mean, I can definitely narrow it down now that I've given it a lot of thought. I think one of them would definitely be Kimberly Drew, who she's Museum Mommy on uh, Instagram. She's incredible. She's an American art curator. She's a member of the BIPOC and LGBTQ community. I read her book, This Is What I Know About Art, and it just really resonated with me. And I think that she provides something very special and very unique to the art industry and also to just creatives as a whole. So I really appreciate her perspective and her approach. I also I love Pia Baroncini, who is the creative director of a brand called LPA, and she does a ton of other things on the side. She has a podcast. She has, you know, her, her husband has a brand of her own and of his own. And she is just somebody that I think I, I can really relate to. She comes from an Italian family. I come from a Spanish family, but similar values and a similar, very family oriented approach to life. So I really love her. And, and I think she's just like, you know, she doesn't take anything too seriously, but also she's very vulnerable about her struggles and what she's going through. And, and, um, I think it's really easy with social media to just assume that everybody has this picture perfect life. And she takes back the curtain and, and shows you everything that she's really going through the good, the bad, the ugly. And I just really appreciate that. So those two people would definitely be at the top of my list. There's other, there, I definitely like add a different person every single day. Like <laughs> I find people on social or I read an article or a book or something and I'm like, okay, I love this person too. But <laughs> so much, so much good talent out there. What is your definition of success or how do you define success? I would say my definition of success would be 
success to me ultimately is, is getting what you want, whatever that may be. You know, if that's like, if that's a family, if that's a home, if that's a certain career, it comes in all shapes and, and forms. But I think that it's really getting what you want and, and not being ashamed for, you know, whatever it is that you want. I think that everyone is deserving of, what it is that ignites them and, and makes them feel excited. So that is really what it is. And, and, but I also think it's, you know, cause sometimes of course you can get what you want and it's not what you were expecting. And then, you know, I'm personally guilty of having a list of goals and then achieving them and feeling like I didn't set my goals high enough. So it's like, you're never satisfied even when you do quote unquote, get what you want. So I think really what it is, is also finding inner peace with yourself and making sure that filling up your cup before anybody else's and making sure that everything from your mental to your physical health is a priority to you so that you can show up in the best way possible in your career, in your relationships, in anything really. So that to me is really what success is. And and it's definitely something that I myself am still searching for, right? Like I, it's so challenging to be an entrepreneur. It can be very isolating at times and it can definitely take a toll on your mental health. So especially right now too, especially right now. Yes, exactly. There's definitely far less opportunities to connect with people in person. And I think that there's a lot of like digital fatigue. So it's super challenging, but I think that that really is to me, what success would entail. And similar to, you know, anything else, it's always evolving and you'll have different definitions of success at different stages of your life, most likely. And what you were saying about how you're, sometimes you get caught up in completing that checklist or a set of goals that you almost feel like it's never enough. I saw a quote that was, it said, You've been working to where you are now and you've been wanting to be where you are now. Like, don't forget that feeling and like appreciate it, which I also struggle with. I'm always like looking ahead and never really being fully present and being satisfied with where you're currently at. But it's definitely a challenge to, to remind yourself that. For sure. For sure. And I think, you know, the world today is so fast paced that once you achieve something, you're already on to the next. So really taking, finding any opportunity to really slow down and enjoy and and really relish those moments is so important. What has been one of your most defining moments in your career thus far? I would say the launch, the, the the official launch of my business, which I feel like is honestly half the battle in entrepreneurship. I, I know that a lot of people get stuck in that ideation phase and they don't know how to really bring something to life and proceed with that execution. And a quote that I saw that I love, it can be a little bit bleak, but it's true. And it's, you know, a good idea never made anybody any money. And you can have all of these great ideas, but if you don't execute on them, they won't come to fruition. And then you're just stuck with this good idea. So I think the launch of my business was is definitely something that I'm very proud of. And even though when I look back at my my initial product, my initial service, I cringe slightly. Like I'm like, I can't believe my logo looked like that or my website looked like that or my Instagram looked like that. But I just really, I launched and, and then I iterated. And now I've got it to a really great point today that I wouldn't have been able to get to had I not 
launched initially because it was about testing and learning and seeing what my customers were receptive to and finding, you know, my own personal design aesthetic in the way that I wanted to convey the brand. So that was definitely a big one. And then another one would be the partnership with the AGO that we secured back in 2020. I love the AGO. I've been visiting the AGO with my family for years. So to be able to have a partnership like that is something that major bucket list moment, but also as it relates to our mission, I think is just a heat was a huge step forward in amplifying the work that we do at market. And I'm so grateful to the AGO for that opportunity. I can also definitely relate to the feeling of it's almost like you have to rip the bandaid off and just launch it because it's so true. You will never fully be ready. Like there's always going to be something that you could change or have done differently. But I think the whole premise is just like taking the risk and jumping in and learning as you go. It's really scary. Even with this whole idea of this podcast, there are so many different things I could have done, but I just sort of like went in and I'm still figuring it all out. But I think that journey is also really satisfying in itself because you're constantly evolving, growing. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and the, the learnings that you get from that and, and not even only being able to apply it to your business, but being able to apply it to your life and being able to have more meaningful conversations with people. And, you know, I feel like I've become a lot more vulnerable in launching a business because there's, you know, a million little things that happen every day and you just want to talk to somebody about it. And so even though it could make you seem perceivably weak or, you know, anything, anything like that, I think it just comes with the territory. So it really enables strength within you, I think, which is super important. So you're an artist yourself. How has your art practice changed over time? And if it has, how? Yeah, it's definitely changed over time for sure. I initially started illustrating back in 2017 so a while back and it i definitely started with a, with a greater focus on pop culture and fashion because that was what i was working in at the time and i used my art really as this vehicle to express you know my own fashion inspiration and then also it was largely intertwined with like music and and hip hop music in particular because there's so much so much intersectionality between hip hop and fashion and with different hip hop artists being featured in fashion campaigns so i would typically that would be the subject matter of my art but then it really evolved i love exploring different mediums with art you know i've worked with pencil i've worked with markers i've worked with acrylics i've worked with different papers all of that kind of stuff and i recently in the past few months started focusing more on very neutral, simplistic art that really can take you from space to space and from year to year. And it's not specific to a certain time in your life where you may have like really loved this one album, but in a few years time, it no longer resonates with you in that same way. So I started producing more more original works as well and and things that I wouldn't reproduce as prints just because I find that scarcity 
element in the in the piece is what makes it also so special is that you are the only one who has that piece. I think it will continue to evolve too. I'm constantly getting different inspiration from different places and I really channel that through my art. So we'll see kind of where where it takes me. Tying into how you take inspiration from different places. Can you describe a real life situation that has inspired you? So many inspirational moments. I think that I get so inspired by friends and people who people I know who are doing some really great stuff, either, you know, exploring entrepreneurship or they're just doing really great things working for somebody else, which is which is can be equally as fulfilling. So I think I'm, I constantly find that inspiration from my network, both family and friends. And I also think I do get so much inspiration from music, which I think like if I had to choose an art form like visual arts or music, I would probably choose music, which is crazy because obviously I run a visual arts business, but I just think music really you can connect with music. It can really evoke emotions in ways that like I personally find that other art forms just can't replicate. So I, yeah, I, I love exploring new artists and new musical artists and musicians. And that's something that really drives my inspiration for sure. What's your advice to listeners who are emerging artists, but are struggling to gain exposure? I think two things, consistency and patience. And that's like with anything. If you really are passionate about something and you truly wholeheartedly believe in it, it really is just going to be about consistency and patience and, you know, continuing to create, continuing to put yourself out there, continuing to try to make connections in the art world, whether it be through gallerists or or curators or collectors. I think it will ultimately, what it, what it will begin with is you establishing what it is that you want. What is your objective with your art? Is it to sell originals? Is it to produce like large scale campaigns with brands? Like what's your focus? And then making sure that everything that you do kind of ladders back to that. But I think at anything in life, it will all go back to that patience and that consistency because so many people will give up very quickly when they're not, when they're not seeing traction in a mere few months, which, you know, it's, it's going to take time. Like I've been running market for a year and a half, almost a year and a half now. And I really feel like it's only been until now that like I've really picked up steam and really built something. So, and that's a year and a half in market, not to mention, you know, the like six months of conceptualization and planning and everything that went into that. So it's definitely, it takes time, but if it's something that you really want, that time will definitely be worth it. Market works to ensure women are fairly compensated for their artwork. What tips can you give listeners that are unsure of how to properly price their work? Great question. I always say whatever number that you have in your head double it <laughs> because okay, I like that <laughs> because you are your own worst critic and you're going to 
be the, the hardest on yourself. And you're also going to like make certain excuses for other people, like that somebody else doesn't have the budget to pay or that your work isn't worth, you know, X amount, but it is, and people will pay for it. And you just have to position your, your work as something that is of value. And once you start to believe that, that will exude this confidence in your work that people will, will recognize the value that's, that's attached to a certain piece. And it's really difficult to price art because it is so subjective. And there's, you know, prints and then there's, you know, $400 million pieces of art that are selling at auction, right? So how do you navigate the market? It's, it's definitely challenging, but just know that you're always worth more than, than what you think you are. And people, people will pay and also people value what they spend money on. And so, you know, you want somebody to value your work. You want somebody to really be able to be proud of it and have it in their home and have it serve as a conversation piece and all of the great things that come along with acquiring and owning a piece of art. So just be, be confident in that and know that you're worthy of likely so much more than what you may be currently charging. I love that. That's really good advice. Will you explain the process of how Market Gallery was able to partner with the AGO? You touched on this a little bit. So this is one of the most distinguished art institutions in North America. How did you feel about this honor? Actually, funny story. So I used to have a client at one of the old agencies that I worked at. And that client ended up going in-house at the AGO. So several years later, I had started this business and I had reached out to another contact at the AGO because I didn't know that this this client had ended up at the AGO yet. So I'd reach out to another contact at the AGO to just to connect and see if there were any collaboration opportunities. And then she looped in my old client and said, I'm looping you in with Deepak, our our GM, for you to for you to, to connect and see if there's an opportunity here. And then I was like, oh my God, Deepak, like you used to be, you know, my client, we used to go to client lunches together. We used to, you know, for, for a year, we worked very closely together. So naturally he was like, you know, we have to do something. This is great. Uh, they were, you know, looking for other opportunities to connect with, you know, a younger demographic and also to, you know, increase the the share of female art within the, within the museum. This was pre-COVID that we had connected and we wanted to do an in-person pop-up at the AGO. Of course, then they were shut down and there wasn't an opportunity to do anything in person. But when we had reconnected in around August 2020, we had landed on doing a kind of virtual pop-up on the Shop AGO page to be able to sell kind of a capsule collection of works that was uh, also curated largely by their team because of course they have a breadth of knowledge in the curation space and so they really kind of nailed down the pieces that they wanted to feature and there is still some of 
of the pieces from the capsule collection available today in very limited quantities now. But yeah, it was it was an incredible opportunity and it felt so great to kind of get that validation from such a a renowned art institution. And it was great. And then not only that, but I think the exposure and the validity that it, that it uh, provided to the artists was something that was just invaluable and, and something that they so appreciated. So really looking forward to doing more of that in the future. Market's mission, simply put, is to advocate for female artists and provide them a space to thrive. So how do you advocate for yourself? Mm-hmm. Good question. I mean, it is so so challenging for sure. I am definitely guilty of, you know, not wanting to be too loud and not wanting to annoy people and all of that kind of stuff. But I think that I advocate for myself by really practicing a lot of self-love in a lot of ways and and knowing that I am worthy of things that I want. And, and while I may feel like I definitely suffer from imposter syndrome and there's things that I do that I feel like I'm unqualified for, but the heart and the soul and the, and the work that I put into what I do, it does entitle me to, to certain opportunities that I work hard for. And that I, I think it's so important when we talk about advocating for ourselves to almost talk to yourself like you would your best friend or your, you know, your family and making sure that you don't be too hard on yourself and you don't beat yourself up because that will show in, you know, whatever opportunity you're trying to pursue and you're trying to secure. So I think it's really important to, to show yourself that self-love. And I think that that's, what's going to, you know, get you those, those opportunities and those things that you want. Yes. A hundred percent. And touching on talking to yourself and having compassion for yourself. I'm doing this new thing where I will physically talk to myself like out loud because you can be so critical in your head or in your thoughts but like you never actually say that about yourself physically say how are you feeling what what is this trying to teach you what how are you going to navigate it and then it just totally cuts out all of the the feelings of like imposter syndrome or not enough or terrible things you would probably say about yourself that are just not valid at all Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that, especially during this time when you aren't seeing many people who can ask you those things like, how are you doing? And, you know, how are you feeling about this? So to take that time to ask yourself and make sure that you, yeah, I think that that's great advice. I love that. How did you find, or how do you find female artists? Do you have an outreach process? If so, what criteria do artists need to meet to be featured with Market Gallery? Mm-hmm. So definitely at the beginning, it was a lot of outreach to prospective artists and kind of like I had mentioned, a lot of people that I had existing relationships with. Now it's pretty much entirely inbound inquiries that we receive, whether people in our DMs that find us through Instagram or people that find us through our website and shoot us an email or also referrals from different artists or different friends who recommend certain certain creatives. So there's certainly a different uh, avenues for artists to reach us. And it's great to see that the platform really resonates with them and it's something that they want to be a part of. There are so many 
platforms out there to sell your work that aren't as curated and don't lend itself as well to achieving discoverability. So whether it be platforms that sell thousands and thousands of pieces and they're more, you know, at a, at a much lower price point that may not, and, and also will give such a, a low percentage back to the artist in profit. When I was first starting out as an artist, was not something that I was drawn to, to sell my work on those platforms. But, and I think a lot of artists felt the same. So it's great to have them reaching out to us and wanting to be a part of it. And the selection process isn't, you know, so rigorous or anything. It's really just us making sure that their work and their, their, you know, brand really aligns with market. And, and, you know, we want them to get the best experience out of this possible. So we want to make sure that the work that they produce is going to be something that our customers will buy. Otherwise, you know, it's not a mutually beneficial partnership. So we really take all those things into consideration when selecting artists. And it's very exciting. And I'm looking forward to seeing how much further we can grow and expand to new artists and new markets. Thank you so much, Nuria. I really appreciate you taking your time today. Thank you so much. This was so fun. And hopefully in a post-COVID world, my sister lives in London, Ontario. So if I come to visit in a post-COVID world, I will have to connect and we'll have to go for a drink. If you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to support is by liking, following, rating, or reviewing on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am entirely grateful to those that have already left a review or have reached out to me. I'm always open to chatting on Instagram, so hit me up at Her Defined Podcast. Today's episode has been produced by yours truly, Juliana Della Costa, and edited by Carolina with Swell Podcasting. Be sure to check back next Tuesday for another episode to hear her stories, hear her advice, hear her defined. <laughs>